This morning, we've got a wonderful guest visitor um, who's going to speak to us. Margarita's going to speak on the whole subject of I am the bread of life. So Mar let's welcome Margarita. It's a great privilege for me to be up here this morning and uh, when Mark approached me, um, I was on the move with my family doing things and, uh, but I just knew that it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for God to use me to share um, and I thought I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be giving a lot of um, understanding about the biblical verses even though I have quite a list, Jack would tell you, but um, I am using this opportunity to share with you and, and weave in some of my testimony where how God has been using me. Um, and, you know, the difference this morning compared to what's been happening to me, some of you know, a um, couple of years ago I, I had a conversation with God most unexpectedly on a Sunday and uh, after watching a podcast about healing and uh, very spontaneous healing and I'm a doctor, I'm a GP, and I had this challenge with God. I said, well, God, if you bring me people for prayer in my consulting room, give, bring me two a week, and I will do it. Uh, and I didn't know what I'm getting into. Uh, but it's been quite a journey, because it started on Monday morning, first thing Monday morning. And those of you who have come to my consulting room knows the most inappropriate time possible. But what I'm trying to say is normally I'm not prepared. I just am available, and it just happens. Well, this time I had to do a little bit of preparation. But Mark was helpful because he given me a topic. He's given me a I am verse, and we're focusing today on John 6.35, um, I am the bread of life, um, and it's easy for me because I have, on a professional uh, background, over the last two or three years, I have taken a turn in my uh, clinical focus, and I'm working very much by using food as thy medicine, going back to Hippocrates, it's not a new uh, concept, but in modern conventional medicine, we have really moved um, into very industrial model uh, of moving people and just dealing with the symptoms. I'm going back to basics, using lifestyle and using food. So I think that's why Mark has taught he will give me the bread. And also because I want to go on, I, I, try to, I, I try to not get into talking about grains and gluten, but I might not be able to hold, hold back. So I'll tell you a little bit about that as well as we go along. So John uh, 6.35, uh, Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whomever comes to me will never go hungry. So we're going to talk a little bit. I, I, I taught myself about hunger. Um, and I'll share with you when I started this new turn uh, in my career, the first thing I did, again, it was a podcast when I was on holiday, and I heard about the effect of being hungry and fasting. Um, and that's how I started by doing a long fast, which led me to understand more about the effect of not eating. So whomever, um, whomever comes to me will never go hungry, and whomever believes in me will never be thirsty. So these are two fundamental physical needs, hunger and thirst. And um, we're going to focus, I start by talking a little bit about food in the Bible. Um, it's such a big subject. Food is in everything. There are recipes. Ezekiel's bread is in there. There's the full of Levit Leviticus. There's so many verses dedicated to how to prepare the food. Um, 
and uh, almost you could have a, a recipe book. And, and also what I would mention in here that when I started this new professional journey, and Mark knows because he has been in the background there, uh, I came across a fast. So the first thing I did was uh, fasting and then I came across Daniel's plan. So using Daniel's, um, Daniel's eating plan and a lot of you are familiar, most of you are familiar with it. Um, for healing purposes, and uh, I came across a project that was done between um, the main doctor behind the Institute of Functional Medicine and a massive church. Uh, I think Rick, um, I can't tell you the name, but anyway, they've done a big project of, uh, of uh, implementing Daniel's plan with great effects on health. So, lots and lots so i'm saying that in the bible there's so much information about how to eat and how to stay healthy and references to food and we do need food to survive is a daily need i mean i'm bringing fasting in here and when i started studying fasting one of the first thought for me was how long can we manage without food because i have been brought up with the idea that if we don't eat uh, we'll have acidity, we'll have problems, etc., etc. So when I first uh, did a long fast of six days, um, you know, I had that question in my mind, how long can we be hungry? And what's that feeling of being hungry? And um, today I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, you know, on this particular day to have one of my real inspiration, inspirational women, Donna here, who me and her have spoken and she shared with me of what it is to be hungry. I tell you, being in Burundi, working in Burundi, she knows what it is to be hungry. But most of us living in the West have forgotten the feeling and the sensation of being hungry. Um, but also, we can't go on being hungry. We do need food to survive. So, um, also, food has so many references. Food is something that people share. I really want to, I liked the verse, the verse in Acts 2.46, um, where, you know, our Savior really appreciated dining. So food is not all about suffering. So mentioning hunger, we're mentioning fasting. But I also want to say that food in the Bible is a good thing. It's to be enjoyed. And our Savior Jesus was enjoying dining. He was going to good dinners and sharing with people. Um, and he was even accused, you know, by the Pharisees for dining in, in, in homes of people who were able to provide good quality food. So, and our Savior wants us to enjoy food. Um, so... But also in this verse, if we see this verse every day, they continued to meet together uh, in the temple course, broke bread in their homes and ate together, okay, with sincere hearts. So is also the, the symbolism of bread, that's where my, my talk will go in talking about the symbolism of bread, is about this daily need of um, spiritual sustenance as well as physical sustenance. So... Um, so I lost my I lost my train of thought. So in you know food was given to us. If we go back to Genesis nine three, uh, Jack. So God provided everything, 
that we need for us, and he wanted us to uh, be able to sustain ourselves physical, physically. So everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. So just as I give you the green plants, now I give you everything. And uh, since the time Adam and Eve uh, left uh, the, Garden of, uh, the Garden of Eden and they were uh, sent out, uh, they were punished by God. Adam was punished to have to grow his food. And that's where for the first time they started growing different vegetation but grains as well so we hear it later on um, that they were making bread so they started experimenting in preparing grains in different ways and came across with that idea of bread so before Adam and Eve there was no bread um, but after them there was different types of bread so they were using grains in different ways and you would see references in mixing grapes in and uh, putting honey with the bread and so on and so on um, but you know so people today ask me I'll just move a little bit from the Bible to uh, to my work and how I feel about eating bread because I tell you that we advise a lot of people to reduce the amount of bread they eat so it's almost uh, goes in controversy of what we're reading in the Bible, that bread is needed for, needing, needed for us to survive. And the difference of the bread we eat today is that today's grains are very different than what was grown even 100 or 50 years ago. So they are, a lot of them are, with modern agriculture, they are modified. They're modified to be, um, to last longer on the shelf and, you know, to be easy to harvest and, and give a bigger harvest. And I'm sure um, those, those who have an idea of agriculture, I work with a lot of farmers in my area on the Isle of Wight where I am, and they say that agriculture today is very different than what it was 30 years ago. So one of the problems we have today is that the bread we're eating today is very different than the bread they were making then. Okay, so it contains 25 times more gluten uh, per gram than, uh, I couldn't help myself, than, uh, than actually was in the same gram of, of, uh, of wheat 30 years ago. And, and that's where the problem comes, we're exposed to a lot more proteins that we cannot digest and so on. So I just want to say to everyone, one of the take-home messages, less bread is good, it should be more of a, of, of a luxury than a daily sustenance, okay? So there are other things we could eat, but we're going to focus back on the bread and the symbolism behind bread, all right? So bread is a powerful symbol uh, in the Bible. So it's not, we started speaking about what it is as food and how it's essential, uh, but also bread is used as a reference for uh, so many different symbols and meanings behind it. So I found out that um, it is in every book of the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, there is reference to bread, and it's mentioned um, as a powerful symbol, is mentioned 492 times in the Bible, at least. So when they counted, that's how many they could find. So it's a very, you know, it's clearly not all about eating food, there is more behind it. And we're going to focus today on six symbols. There are many more, but let's say six the big ones, and I'm sure a lot of you, um, especially those who have been reading the Bible for a long time, will be able to say what those symbols are. But we're going to focus a little bit um, on those symbols. So the first one is back to what we started with, is the daily sustenance, the physical need of bread. So Go back to Matthew 6, um, 9, 13, the Lord's Prayer. You can see one of the most quoted biblical verses. 
uh, Christians of all denominations know it. And you know the reference to give us today our daily bread and forgive us um, our debts. So daily bread. So that whole thing about we talked about hunger. We talk about the daily need of physical sustenance. But the first symbol here is that there is a spiritual need for daily sustenance. Daily, daily, daily renewal and uh, refreshing and eating of the Word of God. So we'll see that later on that's another symbol. So give us today our daily, daily bread. So I'll give you some, I'll give you some um, stories in here. So on this journey that I have been, God is bringing me people in my consulting room out of the blue and we're ending up praying for them. And one of the common things that I see is interesting, but I've seen an awful lot of mature Christians from different backgrounds. Often, a lot of them have been women, but not entirely. And uh, some of them have had roles in the church in serving and being instrumental in organizing uh, and being really visible in the Christian community. And you know, the, the common thing that takes me aback, surprises me so much is, this happened to me even yesterday, I had a patient yesterday, and uh, when there is no Holy Spirit, no matter how much knowledge, no matter how much good deeds we have, we don't have wind in our sails. So I want to the second thing, we talked about the gluten and the bread, first message. Second message is I want you to go away today and ask yourself, because that was a question that I asked the patient yesterday, when is the last time you've experienced the Holy Spirit in your own being? Not just seeing other people, not just seeing prayer, but experience that closeness when the Holy Spirit moves you and softens you and challenges you and you feel it in your own being. Because the, if the answer is like it was yesterday, I don't remember, that's not a good sign. That means you are hungry. You are hungry for the spiritual food that this, we've been promised, we've been granted. We do not have to work for it. We just have to take it, accept it. So that's the first reference is that it's a daily need you know, a lot of us Christians go on the old, oh, I did experience the Holy Spirit, it was powerful. You know, it was, I was transformed, it was miraculous, but that was 10 years ago. No, it's a daily, daily bread we need to eat. Yeah, daily, daily sustenance, spiritual. So, the second symbol we'll focus is the most known, is that the bread symbolizes the body of Christ, and that's in his own declaration in Matthew 26, 26, um, and in John uh, 6:35, where we started. So, um, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. You know, when I first became a Christian, because, you know, my journey was a gradual one. I was coming um, from an orthodox background, really atheist. Um, the truth is I was atheist. And when I first um, was starting to walk with God and he was pulling me in, this was one of the perplexities for me is, you know, uh, take and eat my body. I could not get it. Uh, why? Um, 
But, you know, I think it's because Jesus gave his own life sacrificed. So the bread helps us to remember his sacrifice, the breaking of the bread, the breaking of the bread. You know, what I found is that when, um, you know, when we break bread with people, I mean, in my culture, bread is such a big thing. We eat it three times a day normally. That's why for me to be advising you against it is a big there's a big difference. Bread is so, and, and the bread of my childhood is just so lovely. It's white and soft and crusty, amazing. Just having bread, I remember my great-grandmother saying, just having bread uh, is enough. And you know, when you buy it fresh and it's hot, the best thing is breaking it and eating it. And my children are looking here because they've experienced it. It's just a memory of the smell. It's just wonderful. And, and that... That was what was happening there. They were breaking bread and they were sharing it. So there was a very special, you know, when you break that soft bread that I'm talking about in Bulgaria and it's hot and you eat it with your friends, it's just lovely. You don't want anything else with it. So the breaking of the bread reminds us of the body of Christ, reminds us of the sacrifice that he made for me and you because each and every one of us is a sinner. None of us are good enough, no matter how much you try. So back to my patient again, I said, doesn't matter, stop trying. It's the trying. Oh, I've got to be in Sunday school, I've got to serve tea, I'm going to go to church. It's none of that, unfortunately. That's good. But it's not what our Lord wants. Our Lord really wants our hearts and wants our minds and wants to be in our, in our life every day. So um, we remember Jesus in that one share, and, you know, he again declared, I am the bread of life. Whomever comes to me will never go hungry. So it's the spiritual hunger that we're talking about rather than the physical. So another symbol that we're going to focus on is um, bread as a symbol of forgiveness. So these, this is the third one and ties in with the previous one. So Jesus sacrificed himself for us, paid the price. He is the bridge he, that's how we go to God. There's no other way, unfortunately. It's one way, and it's through Jesus. And, uh, you know, he, through this bridge and through this sacrifice, we have been forgiven, washed clean. Each and every one of uh, those, you know, uh, are the two sinners that on the two sides of Jesus, they do symbolize all of us in here. So... We have been forgiven, washed clean, starting afresh. What I found very interesting that Bethlehem, the word Bethlehem, the birthplace of Jesus, actually means, in old Hebrew language, it means house of bread. Lem means bread, okay? And um, Jesus was breaking bread even with enemies. He was eating with people who were, you know, against him. And uh, I sometimes reflect when I'm facing difficulties myself, how do you do that? Um, but in the symbolism of breaking bread with an enemy, I'm thinking even when you have something difficult, whether it's a family member or as a situation at work, you know, sitting down over food, breaking and sharing food is a way of, you know, giving a branch of olive tree, wanting to forgive, wanting to move, reconciliate and move forward. Okay, so, um, you know, whenever we read about bread, is that it's not just that we are promised not to get spiritually hungry, but we also, we have been forgiven, so we are worthy to eat from the bread. Okay? 
And the bread is also a symbol of the holy word, the scripture. Okay, Jesus, the bread of life, but also it's a symbol of the Bible itself and the word of God. Okay, it's a physical embodiment of the word of God. And uh, in verse Deuteronomy 8.3, is another famous um, Deuteronomy 8.3. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding. So that's Moses in the desert um, talking to the rebellious Israelites and said, He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestor had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So not living on, on, on bread alone. So back to that spiritual, um, spiritual food that we need to eat. You know, I have been fascinated of what's the manna. I've done a lot of thinking. Thinking about when we're having to feed patients and build them up. And I've been thinking, what's in that manna? What kind? Is it gluten-free or not? Okay, and I do think it's gluten-free. I imagine it's full of protein and, you know, that's the taste was different. So... But clearly that's, that was enough for them and they were, you know what the challenge was? The challenge for them in, in, when they were in the desert was that they were getting bored of eating the same thing. So even if it is the best thing ever, so imagine if all of us were giving the best meal and you say just eat that, that's enough, just stay on that whether you are sick or not. So let's say you were diabetic and we say for the next 21 days just eat that and you will be cured. I'll tell you, patients cannot comply with that. And do you know why? Because they get bored of the same thing. And that's what happened there. That's a human nature. Is we fall aside because we're just bored of doing the same thing over and over again. Okay? So this is where the human effort is. So another message is, the word is there. We're going to talk about the, the word. The Bible is, you know, many of us, how many Christian families have number of Bibles? And how many of those Bibles on shelves getting dusty? How often do you really open them? We surround ourselves with the Bibles and with Christian people thinking, oh yes, it's good, I have the Bible, love the Bible. It's not good enough. It has to be daily repetitive. And that's where the human challenge is, back to that manna. Can we really do it every day? One step, one little step at a time. So this is what depends on us. So taking that manna, taking that daily bread so that we can grow in God. Okay? So, um, so God and uh, the bread also symbolizes God in eternal presence. And we're going to go to Leviticus where one of the recipes is. So these are... The, the, breads, the, bread, the bread of presence that is sitting in the temple of God and is supposed to be continuous there. There will be 12 loaves of bread and they will be done in a certain way and they will symbolize the, the tribes. Um, and it's take the finest flour and bake 12 loaves of bread using two, two tenths of the, for each of them. Okay, Arrange them in two sacks. So it's very prescriptive as you can see. The bread is to be set out before the Lord regularly. Sabbath after Sabbath on behalf of the Israelites as a lasting covenant. 
So that's what I wanted to say. The bread symbolizes, which used as a symbol of a lasting covenant. And that is why Jesus used that reference later on saying, I am the bread of life, because it's a, a new covenant that we're in. Okay, so the body of, the body of, uh, of Jesus, but also as a covenant, as a new covenant for us. All right? So the bread also symbolizes sharing, we said. It's so important, such an important symbol of people um, sitting together and sharing, and, and God was using it with the disciples. So, but also, another reference of the bread is multiplying the bread. Um, and you know the story of, of feeding the crowd. So in, in Matthew 14, 19, we're going to go to that. Um, so, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. That, that was an interesting reference to me. Why were they supposed to sit down and wait? There was, you know, he had to still say, okay, everybody quiet, sit down, rest, get ready, and take the five loaves and two fishes, and looking into, up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. So there was again breaking of the loaves. You know, the breaking, the multiplication, they did not multiply as the loaves. They multiplied as they were broken down and shared with one another. So the, the, the loaves, the interesting thing is that people will imagine the situation. It's like me saying, saying to all of you, you're all hungry, you're all starting to grumble. Say, okay, everybody sit down, keep quiet, on the grass. We have these breads in a basket. We start taking them. God, Jesus, you know, asked for a blessing. He looked up to heaven. And there were no, suddenly there were not more loaves. It was no, no, uh, no higher number of bread loaves. But it was the moment they started taking them out of the basket and breaking them and passing them. Imagine there was a passing of, from, of a piece of bread from one to another. And that's where the multiplication miracle actually happened, took place. Okay? And so there was a, there was a thing of touching. There was a thing of being together, being a community. Um, and symbolizes the Word of God. So what we're doing in here, and you know, we're lucky in this generation that we're able to use ordinary people like me rather than people who are theologians. Using ordinary people to, to say to one another, to encourage one another, and to share the Word of God in a way that we understand it, one another, and to be strengthened and to be encouraged. Um, so... The bread and the wheat has, has had a very strong symbolism for me in my life. Um, I've, had, I've had dreams, and whenever I've seen a field of, uh, field of wheat, has happened a couple of times in my life, I've woken up knowing that it's a blessing of abundance. So that's another, it's another symbol, blessing of abundance. Um, I remember this, I had a dream a month, roughly a month before my wedding. Uh, and it, it, was, it was such a strong picture of a field and me walking in this field, field of gold, of wheat, and, and just touching the wheat. Um, so there's many more meanings. There's many more meanings um, of, and symbolism of bread in the Bible. It's beautiful. It's one of the most positive symbols and pictures in the Bible. But I guess from my journey... What I want to share with you today is that doesn't matter where we are in our 
Christian faith, whether we are beginners, mature, halfway through, if we don't get daily refreshment of the Holy Spirit, we will run out of energy. We will run, run out of strength to keep going because the courage and the strength and what we need, the daily refreshment, comes from that daily spiritual bread. And that bread is the Word of God and is Jesus himself. So, application points, right? Talked about gluten. You're going to go and examine yourselves. Maybe use it to examine one another and say, when's the last time you've experienced the Holy Spirit? And if you get a false answer, challenge it. Can you tell me how it felt? Because that's what I do. And tell me how it felt for you. And um, I tell you that the, the, the woman yesterday, it was sad. She could not remember. She could not remember. And this is one of the people who serves. One of the people thanks to whom we are able to have church. So when is the last time you have felt the Holy Spirit not seeing other people being touched? So that was the second point. And... The third point was that we, there is for me personally, and I stand to be corrected, but from my human understanding, there is two things. One is a daily readiness, availability to get up and take the Bible from the shelf or the phone or whatever and just commit to less. I'll tell you where my patients fail. Most of them fail because they want to do it all. Oh, I just have to spend half an hour with God. I have to do this Bible verse. No, go and just read one verse, but do it every day. Okay, open up and do it every day. And drink it and eat it as if you, it is the first toast of the day. Oh, you know, that's your daily bread. Start little, one little step every day. Commitment. This is the human will. Okay, and then God will do the rest. Another thing is that ask the Lord in your prayer. Ask the Lord to fill you afresh. Don't say, oh, not now. I'm not, I'm not ready now. Let me just sort this one out. I'll finish my work. I'll do my children. You know, no, 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 next. No, every day. Okay? Because if we don't do this every day, we'll, you know, all of us, doesn't matter how uh, experienced and how mature you are in your faith. And we have examples here, like Donna, you know, she, she, she tells me it's a daily, it's a daily recharging, isn't it? It's like recharging your phone of the Holy Spirit. And I just feel that today, I didn't know, I didn't have a chance to speak with Mark, but I want to use this opportunity when I'm up here, um, knowing that I've seen God in miraculous ways to transform people through prayer, to change, you know, to change things that, you know, I, I had, a, I had a, a patient that came out of the blue without an appointment and has been holding on to something painful for 50 years, never ever opened up, never ever opened up to anybody, holding it. Even, you know, the people that were affected by this, they had died, so there was no chance of talking it through with the people that the moment had passed. And when that came out, I cannot tell you the relief. It was like an abscess that's been building up, not, not superficial, but in the pancreas. It was so, such a big relief, okay? So prayer, you know, if we can pray for one another, 
if we can pray for you today, I would say, don't think, oh, I can't go in the front, I don't know if I can do it. Just allow people to pray for you, because prayer is an open door. So that's the other thing I was going to say. Sometimes when we are stuck, when we, when we are closed in a difficult situation, and we're facing challenges, and we're ashamed and guilty, and keep, keep trying to do it on our own, prayer is what the opening door is. And I testify here in front of you that while I you know, use my science, I believe in science, I constantly work to learn more, but what I've seen God do for people, science cannot do. So um, be encouraged today. And uh, shall I pray? Isn't this superb? <laughs> Just glorious. I, I want more. Can you come back? <laughs> Anytime. Um, let me invite you to stand. Just stand where you are. And I'd, I'd love Margarita to be able to pray for people. And there's others here I'm sure be happy to, to pray. If you're a committed Christian, a, a part of the, you know, one of the leaders here in various forms, please be ready to just see who needs to be prayed for, okay? Mm. So I'm looking around. You know who you are, but if you would be someone who regularly prays for others, be ready to do that this morning, because I think just let the, just for a moment, let's let the Holy Spirit apply these glorious truths about bread that we've just heard. Just maybe encourage, invite you to say, God, what is it you're saying to me? One of the things I believe he's saying is that we're holistic people. Mm, that's right. So it's not just, oh, I need to go and not eat so much bread. It's, it, that may be something God's wanting to speak to you about your physical diet, but he wants to speak to us about our spiritual diet as well. And it, the two things go together. And God is interested in the whole person. The whole person today. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here. We welcome you. We thank you for wonderful truths that have been spoken to us this morning. Each of those points, a sermon in themselves. God with us, his presence feeding us, community, family, breaking, breaking. His body was given that we might be whole. The breaking of God's sacrifice, his great truths. Thank you, Lord. Just let the Holy Spirit meet with you. And uh, just as Margarita said, there, maybe there's some of you saying, I did know the Holy Spirit once. <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit's touch once, a long time ago. But actually, I want to know him again freshly today. Ephesians says, be 
being filled. Be being filled. It's a daily, daily thing. Maybe just right where you are, you can keep eyes closed. That You might say, that's me. And maybe you put a hand up and say, I want to be filled again today with the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm hungry. It's been a long time. Let's just put our hands up. If that's you, I'm hungry. It's just a sign, really, of, yeah, that's me. I want, I want some fresh bread. The fresh, that wonderful bread she described to us. The life in the Spirit. Yeah, come, Lord. One of the things you can do is to hold your hands out in front of you. It's a really good symbol. Hold your hands out. Say, Lord, I want to receive again freshly from you. Just come now, Lord. Just come and touch your people freshly. Come and touch your people. Yeah. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just breathe in that life. Margarita, why don't you pray? Just pray over us, just as the Spirit leads you. Just pray. Mighty God, Heavenly Father, we come to you as a, as a family, as a body this morning to give you glory for the mighty creator that you are, Heavenly Father. We look around on this beautiful island and we see everything that you have created that we take for granted. And we give you glory for the beauty, for the perfection, for the omnipresence. Lord, how insignificant we are to be able to come to you when you are so busy with this beautiful world we've created. Lord Jesus, and you have time for us. You know each and every one of us. You have brought us from different corners of the world. You have put people together that will never meet otherwise. We thank you for that. You thank you for allowing roads to cross, for allowing timings to really come together for your purpose. Heavenly Father, we sometimes don't see you are like a gentle wind that blows and, and in, you know, organizes our lives, but Lord, we don't see it. And we get discouraged. But Heavenly Father, we thank you that we hold on to your promises of divine intervention of a divine power that really leads each and every one of us heavenly father we cry to you as a body and we say let more people know your peace and your presence within the church itself but also outside the door of the church heavenly father we thank you for the promises you've given we believe the promise on this church Lord, when we're seeing some of it coming to fruition and we long for more of it to come through. Heavenly Father, those people you brought together today as visitors, they had, it's a special timing for them. And we pray that they will be recharged and renewed. Yes. Heavenly Father, we pray that none of your children will be in a corner under a table, not knowing your presence, bleeding, painful, feeling unworthy, Heavenly Father. We pray for those chains to be broken. Amen. And we thank you for those of your children that have really caught onto this promise and are really following despite all odds. There are many people here who have been brave to follow despite all odds. We thank you for that courage. More of this courage. 
throughout your body more. Heavenly Father, give those people mouth and tongue to speak up about their faith. Each testimony matters. Each and everything you said to testify the power of God in your life will bring another brother and sister who does not know that peace. We need to be faithful people. Come on, Lord Jesus. Give us that courage. We pray in this moment. Let your Holy Spirit come upon this body and through the doors of the church in our community. Let your name be glorified. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. We've got a little bit of time. Oh, I just spirit. think it would be good. There are some people here who'd love to be prayed for, just to receive mm. a bit more, just to share. Um, Margarita said it's hard, isn't it, to, to come forward. Some people might think a bit nervous. But um, just think it would be good. Maybe, uh, Joel, you could help us with some worship. Um, maybe you want to sit quietly where you are. Maybe you'd like to come forward for prayer if there are people like to be, be prayed for. Can we have a sensitivity for those of you part of the prayer team or one of our group leaders? Just be ready to pray for people. Maybe just you might turn around and look and see if someone would like prayer. You can ask them, offer that to them. But um, let's just take some moments to respond. Maybe one or two would like to come forward. Marguerite would love to pray for you. Um, what we'll do is simply just say to you, is there anything we can pray for? What would you like to be prayed for? And then, all right, but we'll worship as well um, and pray for one another and just respond. Is that okay? That seemed good. So if you'd like to come forward, do. Um, we can always come to you as well. So if you want to just put your hand up where you are, we can come to you. We're just friends here together. Let's, let's bless one another.